This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant here in Costa Mesa. We are glad that you are with us on this third Sunday in Lent. We have several guests here this morning that we're going to be introducing later on in the service, but for the rest of us, please take the friendship books and pass them along that we might have record of your worship. Write your name down phone number, anything you'd like to say to us on the friendship books. Are you doing this? Are you doing this? Okay, you are. are. 
So are there any other guests besides Scouts and Habitat for Humanity that we can introduce now? Yes. Please stand. Give us your guest's name. Thirty-five years ago, you guys are really, really old. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Not in the same breath, but Kate, who is very young, Grabenstein is here as our guest accompanist. Welcome, Kate. Welcome, Kate. Any other guests? New faces besides Habitat and Scouts that we're going to be introducing in a moment. Anyone? Lenten Quiet Nights will continue for the next three Wednesday nights, including this coming Wednesday. We'll be in room five, a quiet, reflective evening of, of readings and, and, and silence, and then followed by a simple supper. Um, we remind you the Lenten uh, close for cash. We need to be um, giving a, a shirt away every day for 40 days during Lent. So go to your closets, shirts, belts, ties, shoes, shoes, lots of shoes. There's my friend Liz Cheadle from Brentwood Presbyterian Church. Welcome, Liz. Welcome. Um, Lunch Bunch meets at the Black Bear this week. See Nancy Farmer if you'd like to be in Lunch Bunch. Oh, that's not this week. That's next week. Thank you, Nancy. Okay. And uh, Amy, our dear Amy, is taking care of her beloved dog, Spice, today, so she is not here. Any other announcements for the good of the day? Please stand and, and say hello to your neighbor. Scouts, mingle around. Habitat, mingle around. Here we go. Okay, could you start making your way back to your seats, especially the choir? And we can quiet ourselves and prepare to worship. And I'd like to invite the choir now to call us into worship. If you would please stand and join me in the responsive call to worship. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Lord God said, I will give you a new heart and a new mind. I will take away your stubborn heart of stone and give you an obedient heart. 
Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. O God, the fountain of life to a humanity perched with thirst, you offer the living water of grace, which springs up from the rock, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grant your people the gift of your spirit, that we may learn to profess our faith with courage and announce with joy the wonder of your love. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now would you join us in singing a hymn of praise. Good singing. You may be seated. And may we have all the boys and girls, students, Boy Scouts, come on up.
Come on up and sit on these steps, please. Young of heart. Where's Everly? There she is. And the boys are here. The boys are here. So, boys and girls of PCC, any new faces up here you see? The Boy Scouts. One not, but most are. Mm -hmm. And this is Troop 339. How many had pancakes this morning? We thank our Scouts for these pancakes. Thank you. I want to ask you about these pancakes. Can you tell me a couple of the ingredients in a pancake? Eggs. eggs? Did you put eggs in these pancakes? Yes. Is that, no, no, no. Well maybe, well, maybe your mom puts eggs in pancakes, but that's certainly a thought for next year. <laughs> It's a mix. A mix of what? Eggs, yeah. <laughs> water, batter, water, batter, butter. What? Yep. Eggs, yeah. What? <laughs> Flour. Milk. Okay, these are rich pancakes. You feel your waist expanding, those of you who had pancakes? And um, were they good? Were they good? And how do you cook them? On a stove. You, you pour it on a skillet or something and that's kind of hot. And then you flip it. How many of you guys were flipping pancakes this morning? Flipping, that's the best part. That's the best part. So, um, let me ask you a second question. What are the ingredients of a Boy Scout? <laughs> yeah. What are the ingredients of a Scout? Yes? Oxygen. Okay, you'll, you'll need that. Loyalty. Okay. What else? Reverence. What else? Responsibility. What else? Obedience. Brave. Helpfulness. Friendly. Anyone? Boy, you've got them all. Anyone else? Cheerful? Is there a cheerful? Is there a thrifty? Is there a th clean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Say it again. Trustworthy. These are all ingredients of not only a good scout, but a good person. And I would say of a good follower of Christ as well. These are all important things that we have. So, Thank you, Scouts, for being with us. We are honored that you are with us every, what, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what night? Monday night. 
Troop 339. Okay. Well, thank you, Scouts. We want to show our appreciation to your brother. All right, let's fold our hands and bow our heads and pray. Lord, we are grateful for the blessings of life, for friendships and loyalty and bravery and cheerfulness. And we thank you today for our scouts. We thank you for the breakfast they have served us so beautifully. And we pray you continue on with them, give them um, a sense of joy in their service to themselves and our community. And may they grow up to be strong and healthy and gracious and responsible young, young men. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, I know that some of you scouts can't stay for the entire service, so you go with our blessing and our love. And we have Sunday school for the rest of us. So, hi. So, here we go. Here we go. Welcome. Young of heart. Yeah. First, a moment for PNC, then Habitat. So if you want to hang out. On behalf of the Scouts, thank you to the great members of this community. They're open to us. The support that you give us is fantastic. We've been a Scout troop for over 50 years. Uh, 78 Eagle Scouts have been produced by this Boy Scout troop. And so, except uh, from me, from the Scouts, past, present, and hopefully future, our gratitude. Thank you. Thank you, Scout. And as an aside, I have to say that Pat and I were, had the honor of taking at least one of them to Washington, D.C. with us when we took the junior high school from kids from Mesa. I'm Jim Leahy. Uh, I don't know who the guy is that's in the, fold, the, the uh, bulletin that's there, but it's not him. <laughs> um, I'm on the, the pastoral nominee committee. Uh, we've been working hard at trying to figure out the best fit for our church. As I'm sure you're all aware, we've, we have interviewed 107, I'm sorry, we've paper screened 107 uh, candidates so far with their uh, pastoral nominating, or pastoral uh, information forms. Of that, we chose several, and several have withdrawn before we got through it. Um, from that, we, we chose 21 to... Um, give further paper screening to and ask them for further questions. And of that group, uh, we still lost a couple more. And uh, we were down to about 11, and that came down to approximately five that we are now, we've now gone to the point where we're doing interviews via Skype, which is a video conference interview. Um, they're interesting people. There's a lot, of, a lot of good people out there that we've been looking at. And what I'm, my concern is that um, we get the best fit for PCC. We all know where we're head is, where we want to go, and so we're looking very carefully at those. Uh, at this point, after we finish, and we haven't quite finished all the interviews uh, via video conference, after we finish this, we're going to go to uh, a neutral pulpit to visit our best choices that we have from there. And hopefully from there, we'll be able to find the right fit for our church and we can move on. And although 
Um, we've been extremely happy with uh, our fill-in pastor here, <laughs> and uh, we'll miss him when we get to that point, but um, we're still working on it, and we'll make, a, make the change eventually. Thank you very much. Good morning. Um, today we are really blessed to have um, a representative from Habitat for Humanity OC and also a Habitat family uh, joining us today. Um, I'd like to introduce Ariel Hyatt. She is the, let me read her title, the Faith and Community Relations Director for Habitat for Humanity OC. Um, and as many of you know, uh, our church is part of a Presbyterian coalition, which is part of Habitat OC. It's, it's a group of Presbyterian churches that all uh, work together. And um, PCC, as you know, has been a partner with Habitat OC for many years, um, both financially as well as in terms of volunteering for builds. Um, we had our Playhouse build here um, back in January of 2018. Um, we did a lunch bunch um, event last November where we brought lunch to one of the sites. So um, PCC is a, is a proud uh, partner with Habitat OC. And like I said, we just are so blessed to have everyone here today. So with that, I'm going to hand the mic over to Ariel and she can fill you in on a few things. Good morning. Well, thank you so much for having us, and I want to express the deepest gratitude on behalf of Habitat for Humanity of Orange County for your guys' ongoing support. Um, you guys truly are transforming the lives of families here in Orange County, providing strength, stability, and most importantly, self-reliance. Um, and we couldn't do it without you. Um, a couple of things that I want to mention. I want to stay on script because if you hand me a mic, I'll talk all day and we'll never get to the amazing family who's here with me today. So um, again, just from the depths of our hearts at Habitat OC, thank you, thank you, thank you. April 6th is our framing day. So um, for those who don't know, your congregation was instrumental in building homes in Santa Ana about two years ago. Um, we had volunteers, lunch provided, um, financial support, um, and we completed five homes, which was called the Santa Ana McFadden Five Home, part of the Presbyterians Coalition goal to raise $50,000, which was exceeded. And you guys, as a coalition, um, contributed more than a thousand volunteer hours. So it's extremely impressive to see a group come together and be able to build homes. The next phase is 12 homes in the city of Fullerton that your congregation will be just as instrumental in building, funding, and supporting. At our last meeting earlier this week, I'm so pleased to say that your guys' financial contribution of $1,000 was the first of the Presbyterians Coalition fundraising um, contributions this year. So thank you again. That is huge. Um, and it provides us with um, that next step in reaching our goal of raising the funding and the volunteers to build 12 homes in Fullerton. So I'd invite each and every single one of you, as well as your families, uh, to join us on April 6th for the Fullerton Framing Day. And that's the day that really construction kicks off, um, where all after that, you guys will be invited to build with us throughout the year. 
I'd also like to say that there are plenty of opportunities aside from just building. Although the average age of our volunteer on site uh, is over the age of 65 out there with a hammer working hard with us, we, we always need volunteers in family services. Uh, right now we're selecting families for the Fullerton homes and we would love to have your support in doing some home visits as well as family mentorship. Uh, we have what's called a partner family program where we look for volunteers such as yourself to walk alongside incredible families such as the Sendejas family. Told them I wasn't going to mess up their name. I didn't. <laughs> um, but really, there, there are just so many different ways. Volunteers are weaved throughout our mission at Habitat OC, and we rely heavily on your prayers, your support, um, and just your time with us. So we want to thank you again, and I would encourage you, I'll be out um, with you a little bit later this, uh, this morning. I'd love to talk to you, engage with you, and figure out if there's a way that we can plug you into our ministry at Habitat OC. But before I take up all, my, all the six minutes, I'd like to introduce the Sindejas family who has been with us now for seven years living in their Habitat home to tell you a little bit about their experience. Okay, good morning, everyone. I'm just, before I pass up the microphone for my daughter because my English is not really good, <laughs> the first thing I, I want to say, I hope you understand how grateful we are with the people like you do to us. And many, like the people who do for my family, Habitat for Humanity, they change our lives 100%. Before we live in an apartment, just one bedroom with my three daughters, after Habitat take over us was another life for us. If I said how in which ways they change our lives, I can stop saying because it's at all. In every, every single details, every single thing, Habitat changed our lives for 100%. And you didn't imagine how grateful we are. We still seven years, and we didn't believe we are there. Many people, many people say, "Oh, okay, and you are there, and we are here thanks to you, the people like you, help without know me, without know my family, people like like you, I help help to build my house." And it's really amazing when my daughters told me every day, "Thanks God, thank people who help us to be here, ma'am." The only thing what I have to say, thank you for the bottom of our heart. And I'm going to pass the microphone. My daughter can explain better than me. And thank you again. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everyone. Like my mom said, we are eternally grateful for everything Habitat has done for us. And we have been so blessed ever since we've gotten our home. And from everyone who has put in the help, the support, volunteering, everything, everyone who has been there for our whole journey, it has truly like, changed our lives for the better. And I don't know where we'd be. We would still be probably in our one bedroom, one bathroom apartment, all five of us. And thanks to Habitat, they have literally changed our lives for the better. And every day we are eternally grateful for everything everyone has ever done for us. And it honestly, we are always grateful. And I just, there's so many, like everyone, the volunteer, and God has put a lot of people in our journey and for the better. A lot of people like you have supported us and are always helping us. And you do not have an idea of how, what, what an impact you guys have 
and how you change our lives. So again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts and we're eternally grateful for everything and thank you. let you go. We're going to bless this dear family and, and thank you um, for being a part of this service this morning and uh, we ask God's blessing and prayers. Let's put a hand of blessing upon these dear ones. Gracious God, we ask your blessing and presence upon this dear family who have found a home, found a place to live and we are grateful. So watch over them in these coming days and years. May they grow in strength and beauty and love through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Go in God's peace. Thank you for being with us.
Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Lord, do. Hear what we speak not. Forgive what we speak amiss. Do what we leave undone. That not according to our words or our deeds, but according to our mercy and truth, all may work for your glory and the good of your kingdom through Jesus Christ. Let us join together now in our unison prayer of confession. Great and good God, give us pure hearts that we may see you, humble hearts that we may hear you, hearts of love that we may serve you, hearts of faith that we may live in you, reverent hearts that we may worship you here and in the world out there through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O loving God, to turn away from you is to fall. To turn toward you is to rise. And to stand before you is to abide forever. Grant us, dear God, in all our duties your help, in all our uncertainties your guidance, in all our dangers your protection, and in all our sorrows your peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Would you please rise? Please be seated. I will praise him, he is exalted. 
The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His Seeks your face. 
Thank you, all of our musicians. Thank you for leading us in worship this morning. On this third Sunday in Lent, we have two scriptures before us. The first taken from Genesis chapter 18. Let us listen for God's word to us. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent of Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. 
So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and have my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a son now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. Second scripture is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus set out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without payment, give without payment. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the bread of heaven. Amen. We are continuing our three-part mini-series this morning. with the story of God's promise of a coming son to Sarah and Abraham in Genesis 18. And then I wish to turn to the ministry of Isaac's later and greatest son in Jesus the Christ, our Lord's ministry as we have heard to the cities of Galilee and to the Twelve. We get, began last week with... Um, discerning Abraham in God's first call to Abraham and Sarah when God said to Abraham, go, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will 
show you. The date on this is about 2000 B.C. And with that promised land, God promises a son and a promised son through whom God would make a great nation. Abraham heard and Abraham and Sarah obediently went. Today's scripture picks up on that long ago promise, but it's now six long chapters later in Genesis 18. Abram and Sarah had been to Egypt and back. And while in Egypt, you remember that Abram, to save his own skin, passed off Sarah as his sister. And when Pharaoh took beautiful Sarai into his household, there came great plague. So Pharaoh sent Abraham and Sarah packing back to the land of promise. Abram and his nephew Lot separate, and Abraham later rescues Lot. God then recovenants with Abram of a coming land and heir and nation. But again, unfaithful Abram has a son by Sarai's Egyptian slave girl, Hagar. Ishmael is born, and we'll hear Ishmael and Hagar's story in two weeks. Today in Genesis 18, the story of those three visitors to Abraham, God did change Abram's name to Abraham, meaning the father is exalted. Much in today's story seems ordinary. It's the nomad Abraham resting in the shade of his tent on a blistering Middle Eastern afternoon. In typical nomadic fashion, Abraham extends hospitality to three strangers who suddenly appear. He offers them food and drink. In fact, he's pretty spry for a a 99-year-old guy. The text says he hastened into the tent. He ran out to the herd. Abraham is aware that the three visitors cannot stay and that they are to continue in their journey after their rest and refreshment. Abraham is not puzzled by their unexpected arrival, nor is he curious about their destination. Travelers were a common sight. Oh, there's Sarah laughing. (laughs) Travelers were a common sight, and the fact that they undertook their journey in the heat of the day meant that their mission was of great importance. But in the middle of our story, in um, Genesis 18, verse 9, the text begins to lean toward the extraordinary. Their question, where is your wife, Sarah? It's strange on two counts. First, it seems odd that they would know Sarah's name. They were, after all, strangers. And secondly, why call Sarah by name and never even name Abraham as their gracious host? More mysterious yet, one of the um, strangers is called by the narrator, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, in verse 13. So this aura of divine visitation, presence of the Lord is in fact enhanced by Yahweh knowing 
Sarah's skeptical attitude behind the flap of the tent. Let's go back there. When she hears the promise of the coming child, Sarah laughs to herself. It's not out of ignorance that the Lord asks, why did Sarah laugh? So we have this memorable and awkward exchange. I did not laugh, said Sarah, for she was afraid. And the Lord said, oh yes, you did. And so Sarah and Abraham were promised a child whose name meant one who laughs. A seminary professor of preaching, the president of my divinity school, used to compare Sarah's response to a child in her older age with Mary's response to a child in her younger age. Sarah is full of doubt and fear and laughter. Mary is full of belief and confidence and wonder. Both announcers said virtually the same phrase to Sarah The Lord said, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? And to Mary, the angel Gabriel said, for nothing is impossible with God. Perhaps, said Professor Clowney, Mary, steeped in her own Hebrew Scriptures, remembered the angel's word, the same word to older Sarah two millennia before, is anything impossible for God? Once more, the promise of a land, a nation that we heard last week in Genesis 12 has been rescued by God in Genesis 18. The promise was in danger from Abraham and Sarah's faithlessness in Egypt, but Yahweh steps in to save the promise. So even in the face of Abraham and Sarah's advanced age and in spite of Sarah's doubt, We now know a son is to be born and God keeps covenant and the promise is solid. Isaac is born. Isaac's ministry is brought forth. The gospel for this morning, friends, is that when we are faithless, God is faithful. When we are faithless, God is faithful. It's all over Abraham and Sarah's story. In our moments left, let's look at the ministry of the long-after child of Isaac, the coming child, the one who laughs Jesus before the citizenry of Galilee and with the twelve in Matthew 9 and 10. Thank you for these pictures, Sharon. They're just wonderful. This section of Matthew's Gospel is much like the rest of this gospel. It's devoted to the commissioning of the disciples. That was a prominent and essential aspect of our Lord's ministry, to name, entrust, empower others to carry on the ministry and mission of the good news. In fact, this commissioning of the disciples was probably aimed as much at Matthew's readers than the original 12 disciples those Christians who first read this gospel, those believers who first heard the Great Commission were to go and make disciples of all nations. Notice with me, and I'll go quickly, five brief aspects of our Lord's ministry to go and make disciples. We need to rehear this on this March 24th. 
2019. First, notice how the task of the disciples to minister in Christ's name, notice how that task, that assignment, is deeply rooted in our Lord's own activity. Before any commission, any announcement, we have a summary, Matthew describes it for us, of what Jesus is doing, already doing. He's already going to cities and villages and he's teaching and preaching and healing. And out of Christ's work already established, the disciples are called to develop their ministry. So disciples then and now are not spiritual entrepreneurs. We're not asked to blaze lonely trails. No, these disciples then and disciples at Costa Mesa are called to enter into the ministry already entrusted and supported by Jesus himself. Secondly, notice our Lord's attitude. That's a wonderful picture. Our Lord's attitude toward the crowds. It's one of compassion. He had compassion on them because they were distraught and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. The crowds were often sympathetic with our Lord in Matthew's gospel. At times they are amazed. But the crowds, for the most part, in this gospel are without faith. Jesus didn't attack them. He didn't reject them. He had compassion on the crowd. So our ministry at 2850 Fairview Road is established by Christ for 60 years on this side of the street. And we are to look upon the needy with compassion. We have a sign out front that says free prayer and Costa Mesa high school kids and college kids and mostly street people come in and Elsie and I give them food and prayer and we extend compassion. One high school girl came in and said, do I have to tell you what to pray for? I'd like to keep it rather to myself. I said, no, you don't have to tell me. And we prayed for her. Third, notice that Jesus' vision of the crowd for the disciples comes at that moment of mission. The image of the crowd harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd becomes a bountiful harvest. Yes, he had compassion for the crowd, but he sees beyond their aimlessness and confusion, and he sees that they are ripe and ready for harvest. Let's go back to that. Ooh. Ready for harvest. The problem is that the laborers are few. So instead of Jesus saying, hop to it, go out and harvest, since the harvest is so great and the laborers are so few, he says, pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send out reapers. The work of Christ's ministry and mission is that of harvest. Fourth, our Lord names the disciples and He empowers them for ministry. Notice who's on the list of disciples. There are some who are His brother or son of. We'd expect that. But we also have Matthew, the tax collector, who had been fleecing his people for years and collaborating with the hated Romans. And there's Simon, the Canaanian, 
unusual not because he was from the city of Cana or from the tribe of the Canaanites, but he was Simon the Zealot, a member or a former member of a political party bent on overthrowing Rome. A Roman collaborator whom no Jew liked, Matthew, and a man committed to the destruction of Rome, Simon, both called to work together side by side. And then Judas called, and Matthew adds, the one who, what? Betrayed him. Judas, his presence among the disciples was a constant and sober reminder that those sent into mission carry the potential to oppose Christ. I'm not sure why our beloved Presbyterian family is so afraid of diversity. The twelve were about as diverse as one could get. Fifth and final instruction of the disciples, this is from Eugene Peterson's message. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment, and all you need is to keep that going with three mails a day and travel light. So God calls us to our ministries. Like Isaac, the Christian ministry evokes joy and even laughter. And like the ministry, oh, by the way, you are looking for a person of humor, child of laughter, Isaac. And like the ministry of our Lord, as disciples of Christ, we are called to a mission that's established, compassionate, missional, diverse, and challenging. The harvest is indeed plentiful. For the grass withers and the flower fades, but the promises of our God abide forever. Amen. Let us sing a great hymn of our faith, O for a thousand tongues to sing. Shall we stand?
be seated. I have prayers prepared, but we're going to do something a bit different this morning. When we receive our, our offerings, I'm going to ask that the plates be passed to every single person here, including the choir. And you're going to hold that plate for a moment and offer a prayer for someone you love. Okay? And that's going to take a little while, so you can stretch the uh, offertory out. Do it a couple times. My, my brother John the Baptist went on hospice this week, so I'm going to pray for my brother John. And you may pray for a loved one, uh, a need. You may give thanks for your new home, but you've been in it seven years, but you could still give thanks. Just hold that offering plate for a moment, and we'll have this be our morning prayers. The ushers will please wait upon us.
We will want to remember our sister, Feathers Collins, who went to be with God uh, last Sunday afternoon. She was our oldest charter member, 98 years young. So we pray now the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise as we sing our hymn of commitment, Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in this season of Lent, and forevermore. Amen.
This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.